What's up guys, Mike Lewis here and welcome to the Mike Lewis Podcast. If you guys want to keep up with me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at MikeLewisOfficial and you can follow me on Twitter at MikeLew52, it's where most of my updates come. If you're enjoying my content, give me a like and a subscribe and without further ado, let's just dive right into this episode. Alright folks, welcome back to another episode. Thanks for tuning in and if you're looking on your screen, allow me to introduce my guest today. You might remember him from that show, Real World Seattle, Mr. Nathaniel Backburn. How are we doing today? Mike, I'm doing good, man. Your viewers are going to have to be older to remember remember when I was on the show. It feels like (laughs) it was an eternity ago. How weird was it just now to hear being introduced from uh, that show? Man, it's 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 not weird. Um, it's definitely a little bit f- more foreign since it's been so long, and I haven't I haven't really chosen to stay in in that um, around that environment. I uh, I left that environment back in '04. Um, uh, yeah, the last thing I did with MTV was the first Gauntlet. Yeah, um, and I was at the height of my uh, addiction. Uh, during that time I'm in recovery now, but, uh, I was, that was kind of the beginning of the end for me in 04 with, uh, drugs and alcohol addiction. Oh, wow. So is that what kind of a major step away? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it wasn't even, it just took my life over to be honest. I, uh, the last show I shot was, was the gauntlet. Um, and I mean, I mean, I was up for three days doing cocaine the day before the three days before we shot that um and uh went and did the show and i still kicked everybody's butt but uh at the end of that show i got back home and and uh, it just got really dark really quick after that and i uh i moved from la and, and moved to colorado and and ended up getting my butt kicked in colorado for a number of years until i got my third dui and uh, was facing jail and uh, the thought of suicide. And so I uh, reached out and asked for some help and uh, eventually got my stuff together and got sober. So how long have you been sober for? Six and a half years. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah, it was a, it was a long, long road to get there for sure. But that's why, I mean, I stepped away from that industry um all together because no one would first of all work with me much less um i was undependable um i was just a mess so were you still getting calls after the gauntlet to go on challenges or you know not that not at first because i made a i made an ass of myself like on the gauntlet behind the scenes um partying and drinking with producers and um castmates um, but a couple years after the gauntlet, I started getting calls again. I've gotten, I've gotten calls the past few years, uh, a lot, um, as they, people at Buena and Murray and other friends of mine have seen the turnaround and, and what I'm doing in my life and stuff. Now, somehow I pop back up on their radar. Yeah. Especially with this, uh, current you know, situation. They've got all these new shows in motion. They got this all-star show that's up and running now. And then yeah. uh, there's a real world homecoming that's, you know, they've went and revisited the first season, which was in uh, New York. What do you uh, think about that? Oh, I thought it was great, man. I think people, you know, there's a, 
I just think there it was such an a big deal back then. It was such a different beast. No one had ever really seen anything like that before. I mean, even up to my season, we were still the only reality show on TV, so there was nothing to really compare it to. Um, I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I got on the show um, and the immense fame and notoriety and opportunities that came from that. Um, it was crazy. And I think people want to know kind of what those, what us castmates are up to or, or uh, it brings them back, you know, people in their thirties, forties and fifties, like some nostalgia around it. And, and people were interested, you know, people were invested in, who we were as a result of the show, way different than reality TV is today. Um, I mean, I still have people come up that remember me and they and talk about how they watched me in their childhood and they couldn't believe that I was with that girl and that Steven slapped Irene. It was just like this real life drama that, um, that wasn't fake. And I think people knew that. And so they, uh, they called us to do the reunion as well, Seattle, and uh, not all of my castmates were willing to do it. That's why we're not doing it right now. For homecoming, that is. Yeah. Wow. Well, we were, the, we were the second highest rated season ever. And I didn't know that until MTV just recently, a few weeks ago, we were on the phone. And uh, they said we were the second highest rated season they've ever done. And I was like, that's surprising. Um, and that's why they, they wanted, they reached out to a handful of casts and we were one of them. And they're sh about to shoot one right now that I can't, I can't talk about, but I know which one it is. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know uh, which one it isn't because uh, recently I've been speaking with uh, most of the original Las Vegas people and those are oh, cool. Yeah, so that one's currently uh, a little uh, at a standstill right now because they got one opt out. But um, yeah, that was with us. They everybody, but one maybe two. I didn't. Uh, I didn't speak to, but we had opt outs as well. It's pretty unfortunate, and it's not who you think it is. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. I'm sure. Somebody, uh, I thought it would be a slam dunk, and they were the ones that said no. Where do you feel like you and Vegas stack up? Because those are the two OG seasons, I feel like, that are neck and neck, you know, when it comes to rank. I think I think uh, I love Alton. He's a buddy. Love Trichelle. Um, But I think we were two vastly different crews. I think, uh, to be honest, I just think we were more relatable and real. Um, and Vegas was more, I'm going to do whatever I need to do in front of the camera to make it hype. That's just what it felt like. So, so you don't think that uh, they were authentic or? No, I, I do. But I, but I think that like we didn't care about the cameras. Like we weren't trying to make something. We weren't trying to manufacture a career. I'm not saying everybody on that season was doing that either, but it felt like, and I, and I don't mean to, to call out Vegas because, man, I love those guys. And it, no, I'm not saying them specifically. I would say after, after Hawaii and San Diego, it changed. And I think if you ask any other cast member, 
if they're honest with you, that were on those first 10 seasons, they would say the same thing. It's just different. Yeah, I, and I've seen your season kind of referred to as uh, one of the darker seasons of the real world, you know, um, with a lot of what transpired. Would you say that that's a fair assumption? Yeah, you know, dark might not be the right word because I don't think there was like an overt um, darkness to it, but I will say that we our season allow our season set the bar for contracts i can tell you that because it was a bunch of firsts so no one had ever had physical contact before our season drinking and drugs hadn't been an issue until our season so i guess dark is kind of dark <laughs> um but just a lot of stuff i mean we learned how to turn our mics off and bounce you know, we only had two-way pagers, so we didn't have cell phones, but we had these pagers that were supposed to be with us at all times, and they could contact us through that. We learned pretty quickly that if we turned our mic off, they couldn't track us, they couldn't find us, and we'd escape all the time. I can't tell you how many times they would have to sit us down and go, look, this the show's not going to be good if, if you guys keep ditching us. Man, we're here just to follow your life and show everybody what's going on and David and I were just sneaky, you know, and uh, I remember a month into the season because we shot for six months back then. Yeah. And a month into the season, one of the directors pulled us aside and said, hey, um, man, I know you're high, like smoking weed. And we can't show that. Um, so just, hey, how about you don't do that? And, we were, and David goes, we, what do you mean you can't show that? And they're like, well, MTV won't let us sh show y'all high. And David was like, great, you know, and then, you know, proceeded to smoke pot whenever he wanted to, knowing that they couldn't show it. And as soon as we he would pull out, somebody would pull out a joint or something, the camera crew would just literally go, oh, you know, kind of turn the camera off. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was it was dark, I guess. <laughs> it was fun is what it was. Yeah, I'm sure we'll segue into uh, more of the topics, but I want to start off with you by asking about um, what you were up to prior to the real world, uh, what you're doing, and um, what kind of led to you uh, auditioning, and then your process itself. Yeah, prior, prior, I was in college. I was at uh, Virginia Military Institute. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had just gotten back from living overseas with David, my roommate, um, who also went to college, went to the same school. And um, while we were over there, we got a chance to see filming of a major movie called uh, Les Miserables with Claire Danes and Liam Neeson. And I remember just being blown away with uh, how cool it was watching them shoot this movie. And we got to spend some time with Liam and Claire and, and the cast after shooting one day. And <clears throat> I was just like, man, I want to get into the film business, but how the heck do I do that? And that was kind of laying in the background. We get back from Europe and we're in our senior year at school. And a flyer was on my desk when I got back one day from school. And the MTV was going to be in person in Richmond, Virginia, taking open calls for the real world. <clears throat> and I was like, that's it. That's my way in. I had a pretty traumatic childhood. Um, at this point, I hadn't dealt with any of it. And, uh, but I knew that my story was uh, sensational enough 
to potentially get me on the show with my mom, my dad, and all this stuff. Um, and so I drove into Richmond and went to the open call and sat down with two beers and two shots with the casting director, and we had a blast. Um, and then it took, gosh, it's seven, seven or nine, seven to nine more interviews over the course of three months. Um, stuff where they would ship me a video camera, have me set up a video camera on a tripod and on speakerphone, they would ask questions, record my reaction, send it back to them. They came out to VMI once or twice. They flew me out to LA once for sure, maybe twice, but it was a process, man. Wow. Yeah. I was curious too. I saw that with, uh, obviously you and David being from the same, uh, you know, you guys are in the same military bases? Or you're... Same college, Virginia Military Institute. I was curious because I don't <clears> think <throat> at that point they've, uh, or since that point, they've done anything like that, where they've taken two people within the same, uh, you know, environment and stick them on the same uh, season with, there's only seven people. So right then and there, that's two people that already know each other. I thought that was kind of unique and interesting. Why do you feel like uh, they did that? Uh, I mean, it was, <clears throat> they've never done it since. Um, I mean, they, it was so unique that we had to change the intro to the show. So typically it's, this is the story of seven strangers picked to live in a house. Ours was, this is a story of seven people picked to live in a house and they've never done it since. I don't know, man, David and I were just such, um, such a duo of, of friendship and he was real crazy and I was, I don't know what I was, um, and I think they just were, <clears throat> I don't know, it just worked. It was, uh, we had no idea. We're buddies. I mean, we lived together in Europe the semester before. And um, I had no idea he auditioned for the show. Um, and he didn't know I auditioned for the show until they put two and two together when we got down to semifinals. <clears throat> they were like, hey, do you know David Burns? I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I love him. It's we lived in Europe together and we go to school together. I was like, how do you know David? They're like, well, he's, he auditioned for the show as well. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. Put us on together. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't uh, just cast one of you guys when you, when they found out you knew each other. Yeah. Well, I think it was just a different twist to the show. Yeah. And they, they ended up uh, returning to Seattle for the last season of the real world with a twist. And that ultimately is referred to the season that killed the real world, believe it or not. They they went back to Seattle. I'm I'm totally out of touch. They went back to Seattle. For, uh, <clears throat> this was 2016, and they had a season. Oh, wow. They they called it Real World Seattle Bad Blood was the tagline. So they had <laughs> they had seven roommates show up, and then uh, about two weeks in, they brought in seven more people, and each person that was being brought in had like some type of ties of bad past with the original seven so then they ended up leaving 14 cast members in the house and they cut the oh, season wow. yeah well they, yeah that sounds terrible well i mean just on character development alone with 14 people in the house they just had so many moving parts and you know it was so hard to get invested in storylines when there's yeah. so many people there it's just very unrealistic to think that so interesting yeah, how how uh, far have you been out of the loop with uh, what goes on now? Man, I uh, I haven't watched the real world 
probably since Vegas. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, just life, you know, getting sober and things, things are different. I, I try, I, I've realized as I'm getting older, I've got limited bandwidth, right, to, in my mind and, and things that I want to spend time on and the news and uh, stuff like that has just been one of those things that I've just disengaged from. The more political it becomes, the more fear-based it becomes, the more fill in the blank. I just uh, disconnect from reality TV. I mean, I've got a couple guilty pleasures that I'll that I'll watch. Uh, my wife makes fun of me for, but um, MTV is just not MTV. I don't think anymore. I mean, when we were doing it, we were on it. It it, it was different. I I just I'm 40, about to be 45 years old. There's nothing on MTV and that I'd want to watch. And the challenge, you know, like that all changed too. Um, you know, and uh, I just kind of disconnected from it. I think probably had some guilt and shame too, because I, I kind of, I didn't kind of, I imploded opportunities that were in front of me where I could have kept doing that stuff like CT and those guys. And, um, but like, like I said, I blew it up with, with the drinking and the drugs and all that stuff. It's definitely turned over a new leaf. I'll say that, you know, yeah. with, this, with, the, with this new all-star challenge, I've seen uh, a collective sigh of relief and, uh, you know, gratitude because the current show um, that's on MTV now is almost like unrecognizable from what, uh, what I'm gathering, you know? Yeah. But uh, CT, you mentioned him. He's actually still doing the thing. He just turned 41, and he's won. Oh, yeah. he just I won. know. Man, I love CT. He's a buddy. and uh, Man, I'm, I, I love to see what he's doing. He's made a career out of it. Yeah, good um, for Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. You still uh, – CT, his cousin's actually uh, David. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, of course. You still keep yeah, up I mean, with I just talk, I, I talked to David a week oh, ago. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I talked to Mark Long uh, last week and Cyrus, and I'm still connected with a, with a handful of guys that I was that was close to. John Brennan, Norm. Are you getting uh, any calls for this All Star show? That's oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I got a call. I got called for the first one, and uh, and the one that they're planning now. But, yeah. Did you were those uh, accepts for you or? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, it, my wife and I talked about it, and uh, we, yeah, we talked about it. There was an accept, uh, but it's not up to me. I think there's been a lot of accepts out yeah. there. Uh, that, that first, the first cast was interesting, um, and so we'll see what happens with second season if there's a second season. Did you uh, tune into the first season? Yeah, of course. A couple of my buddies, you know, like Mark and, and Cyrus and Alton. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, especially after watching it, it's like, yeah, I mean. I'd you get that. <laughs> dominate, man. I mean, I'm about to be 45, but I would still kick their ass. Oh, <laughs> hear that, people? <laughs> That's right. I'm throwing it out there, Mark. <laughs> Dude's a beefcake. Yeah, let's dive back into real world a little bit though. So yeah. you you came onto this thing, obviously having the girlfriend, and that uh, played a big part of your story. Um, would you uh, give advice to any potential future cast members to don't go on the show with a girlfriend, or 
Would you have done that twice? Man, I, you, you don't know what you don't know. You know, I, I, uh, I truly loved her. I thought I did, right? If there is such a thing as love at 21, right? Um, I mean, look, here's the deal. If you're going on reality TV now, what's the motive behind you going on reality TV? I think that's the first thing I would, I would question anybody who's doing it. Um, if you're doing it because you want to get a career out of it or, or something like that, then, you know, going on with a, with somebody you love, if you know, you're not going to be faithful to them, it's kind of selfish. Right. And so I think the first question is, why do you want to do it? Um, you know, we, I, I, I wanted to do it cause I thought it would open doors for me back then. Plus at the end of the day, it was like, dude, I'm going to get to go live in a city I've never been in. Uh, we're going to take an awesome trip because back then you did like one big mega trip and who wouldn't want to do it? Um, and I wouldn't change anything, man. All the stuff that I went through brought me to where I am today. You know, I, I run a men's ministry uh, here in Dallas, Texas in, in long-term recovery, married with two twins on the way. And um, I had to go through all that crap. To, to be where I'm at today. Were you excited going to Seattle or were you hoping for something else? Yeah, man, I had no idea. Like I'd never, I mean, I'd never been out of Virginia other than going to Florida once for, or twice for family vacation. And then, you know, my first plane flight was six months before the real world flying to Europe to live in the Czech Republic with David, you know? Yeah. And so Seattle, like, like there was no, the internet was still like a pretty foreign deal. So I remember in 96, 98 like they sent the letter and said hey you're going to seattle and i'm like oh seattle let me i remember getting on dial up and getting on the internet and typing in seattle washington and like this janky website comes up and the emerald city you know and i see this space needle and i'm like oh awesome i've never even been to the northwest it was cool i had no uh i mean it's to this to this day that part of the country is my favorite wow well, that's nice to hear, being a Seahawk fan. So, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Seahawks, huh? Do you you might have heard of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Don't. Yeah, I've I've heard of them. I like to put them out of my mind. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, man. Brings back some yeah. bad memories. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Let's just put that right here for the rest of the rest of you're the. Gonna give, you're gonna give me a really bad edit now, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh what do you think about russell man are y'all gonna keep him or what oh yeah he, he's to stay but i definitely gotta say that the pressure's on this year i think that um if we don't at least make the nfc championship heads are gonna start to roll you know it's either gonna be him or pete you know and if you ask me i'd personally say pete goes before him well i've got carson in my dynasty league so i need him to step up Chris Carson, the running back. Yeah, I love that guy. I do too. We'll see. I, I mean, I went, I went zero RB in our in our draft dynasty startup this year, and uh, he's who I ended up getting after taking Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, and Kyle Pitts in the first, and Terry McLaurin. So first four rounds, I went receiver, tight end, and he was sitting there in the fifth round. I couldn't say no. Oh, I mean, you got a pretty solid uh, skill group, I'd say. Yeah. Are you a fantasy guy? I pop my head in here and there. Yeah. You know, I can never – there's too much like um, – I get too 
heavily invested, like, emotionally attached to the game to where, like, when I have to root for certain guys and then, like, I want certain teams to win, it's too much to handle. So, I don't know. I don't like putting myself in those positions. That's fair. See, you un- you understand. I, I get it. <laughs> what uh what about the nightlife in uh, Seattle because I asked the recent casts and um you know they've had their spin on it but obviously yours was uh taking it back away so what was the nightlife like when uh, you were there in Seattle Man we uh you had to pick your battles um Seattle did not want us there Seattle's a um pretty prideful town and you know, they were just coming out of grunge rock, man, with Nirvana and Pearl Jam. And the music scene there is, like, just super um, localized. And if you're an outsider, man, what are you doing in, kind of in our territory? And they were kind of anti – they weren't kind of – most people in Seattle were anti-MTV. And really? so – oh, yeah. So if we would show up at a bar or restaurant, we'd have to call ahead of time to get permission with the cameras and – so we'd show up thinking, you know, they knew who we were. If they saw a camera crew, they knew MTV was filming the real world. And, and so word had spread around. And sometimes we were we were not met kindly um, by the folks. And so we figured we found a couple places that wanted the public publicity and didn't care that we were there and, and really spent our time kind of in those places. That's interesting, too, because the recent Seattle actually said similar thing that they didn't you know, weren't as welcome there. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's just that part of the country, right? Like, there's this uh, anti-establishment, you know, kind of mentality. Um, not necessarily the south of the West Coast, but as you get farther north and San Fran and Oregon and Washington, there's a definite uh, mentality, and it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. What what time of the if you could recall what time of the year would you say that uh, you know you guys filmed your season? January to June. January to June. Okay, because I always uh, a thing that was always on my mind when it comes to the Seattle shows was it would have been cool because obviously you know how the uh, crowd is and like the Seahawks games. It would have been cool if they had you guys uh, you know go to like a Seahawks game and be in that environment. But I know that uh, from the recent you know. Seattle season they tried going to like a Mariners game and they didn't want them filming at the stadium yeah no we went to I went to Sonics games we went to Mariners games we just turned our mic off oh wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah we hung man we hung out with the some of the Seattle Supersonics we had a radio show in town at like the number one radio station in in the city like number five in the country and so we just had access to all kinds of uh people and seeing pearl jam play private shows and i mean it was it was intense uh it was it was awesome a lot of my subscribers wanted me to ask you how uh your cast members are doing these days sure um you know irene who most people ask about is doing like unbelievably well she she and i got reconnected a few years ago and uh man she got you know she got her butt kicked after leaving the show for a while and the way she was you know portrayed and her resentment to how she was portrayed and really what it was was her resentment towards how mtv handled her being slapped by a man which 
you know, looking backwards, man, if that happened in today's uh, current climate, man, it'd been a much different outcome, you know, across the boards for him and for her and everything. And so she, you know, I don't think they knew what they were. I don't think MTV or Buda Murray really understood the gravity of what happened um, back then. And, you know, she left as a result of that. And I think she felt pretty isolated after the fact. Um, and you can spin it however, which way you want. I mean, she knew exactly what she was doing, pushing Steven's buttons um, to get him to react. I don't think she thought he would hit her. Um, but, you know, she's grown a ton since then. And, and she's uh, got, got a little baby and um, she's doing great. So she's, we, we talk here and there. Uh, David is still David doing David stuff and uh, married kids living in Vegas, um, doing really well, successful. Um, Rebecca, I just got connected with during this whole homecoming um, possibility for the reunion show. And she's married with kids doing really well. No idea about Janet. Um, We have some mutual friends, but she's, um, I haven't talked to her and then Lindsay couldn't tell you, I haven't talked to her and, uh, Steven, who knows, literally haven't, haven't heard from him or CT and I almost got in a fight with him at the 10 year reunion years ago. And that was the last time I saw him. Not my best, not my best behavior. Uh Oh, could you, uh, potentially shed light <laughs> on that situation? No, man. I mean, we were just, uh, intoxicated and doing the red carpet and uh hadn't seen steven since the show and i uh, i didn't i didn't do a good job of um man loving him well and i think he he showed up i think with his i think it was his boyfriend i'm not sure and he was a southern baptist pre reverend i think at that time or or something and uh, I don't know. He, he said something that pushed my buttons and I reacted and CT reacted and, uh, there's some pushing and shoving and really immature behavior on my end and CTs, nothing happened. And, you know, I, I, I was hoping we'd get an opportunity to do, to do the reunion, man, because I, I, I'd love to see what he's up to and, um, and take ownership and, for my part of, you know, being a jerk. I mean, gosh, it was, God, how long ago is that? That must've been 13 years ago. It's just been so long. Wow. Yeah. I, I liked how you pointed out about the uh, current climate, if that were to take place, because that's exactly, you know, what I was thinking when, uh, you know, gearing towards bringing that topic up. Um, had that, happened in this current state of the world we're living in that would have been it would have been yeah it'd have been terrible you know and we you know i was a i was a young 21 year old kid man and uh i didn't handle it right like i should have you know they took steven away immediately so we didn't even know it happened because it happened away from us and uh you know, and the way they presented it to us was, hey, there was an incident. Um, Steven got physical with Irene. And we're like, what are you talking about? And they show us the video. 
of it and it looks really insignificant in the video you know and and they they frame it up and they say irene's decided to leave but we want to leave it up to you guys if you think uh you feel safe having Steven in the house. And if he does come back, then he's going to have to go through anger management and all this stuff. And they frame it up in this way to really cover that, cover their butts, I think, but also to, I think soft, softly land the plane with us so that we'll be like, of course, if he's going to get help, let's, we want him to get help, you know? And, and I think for me, I didn't want to rock any boats, man. We were at the end of filming. I had a feeling that, I was going to get a lot of opportunity and I was really blinded by my own selfish ambition, you know, and, uh, and I even told, I've told Irene this, you know, and, and I told her if we ended up going back on the show, like a hundred percent, I've got her back. You know, I'd never let anything like that happen again. And I wouldn't choose MTV over her again. Cause I did that. I think, you know, cause we did, we let him back in the house and I think he went to like one anger management course or something. And, and then like two weeks later we were done filming, you know? And so there was zero follow-up. There was none of that stuff. And uh, I can see why she, she became super resentful about it. She had every right to be. Yeah. T- today's day and age, man. I mean, he'd, he'd be in jail. There'd be a hashtag movement of some kind, you know, like yeah. <laughs> more people would come forward and that had been abused or not. And, yeah. So that's 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 some of the stuff that reality TV and contracts today that people sign were formulated as a result of a lot of the stuff that happened on our season. So you think with like the current um, you know state of mind that you're in now, if you take take it back to that frame of mind that you had at that point, um, you would be much more, um, I guess you could say. I don't want to say helpful towards the situation, but more so, um, I guess, lending a hand to Irene in a way. A hundred percent. I would love to. <clears throat> I would. I would hope now that, as the with a, a more mature state of mind and life experience and understanding, um, not so focused in self. Right. Like to see something like that, that happen, I would hope that uh, I would be more available uh, to help her and to and him, to be quite honest. I mean, um, he's a he's a, he was a broken mess of a guy back then, just like I was. Mine manifested itself in drinking and his was in another way. I mean, that's the whole deal. I mean, we're all humanity is just a mess man. we're all broken. We're all fractured in some sort of way. And um we're really just called to to try to love each other in spite of that stuff and figure out a way to to help each other grow and, and become better. Yeah, and it'd be nice to see uh, this homecoming thing kind of come to fruition and see this, these uh, things kind of after all these years. Um, I don't want to say put to bed, but at least uh, addressed in some capacity, you know. Yeah, of course. You'll like the, you'll like the next one that's coming out. <laughs> time will tell <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. so what about the experiences post show for you you know obviously the whole 50 <clears throat> people uh, want to grind to get out there in uh, Hollywood and uh, dip their toes into the field of entertainment what opportunities maybe presented themselves for you oh man it was a they were they were everywhere I mean you, you gotta remember this is got over 20 years ago um, 
I ended up, I was on a soap opera for a bit. I uh, did a bunch of movies, a bunch of commercials. I went through uh, Sandy Meisner's Movement Studio in New York, went through the Second City uh, improv group, toured the country with Willie Nelson and Dixie Chicks and O One. I had tons and tons of opportunity um, after the fact, and, and I took it serious and got got into the business and um, turned down a ton of real world hosting reality gigs so that people would, would take me serious. Um, because at that time, Hollywood did not take reality, uh, stars as serious lesbians in, in any way whatsoever. And so I, for what I thought would help me actually hindered me in a lot of ways, because I'd go read for a part and, the casting director would say, man, you did a really great job, but you're not getting cast. Okay, well, why am I not getting cast? Like, you're too recognizable. You're Nathan. Uh, people know you from the show. Seriously. Like they, and it's like hard for when you're, because the reality show back then it was 97 countries is what that thing was shown in. You know, the millions upon millions of viewers, I guess, like, uh, well, for whatever that means, maybe the casting director was just being kind and I wasn't that good, <laughs> but, um, which definitely could be the case. Uh, but yeah, opportunities were, were left to right, but they weren't, I don't think opportunities were, were that rampant for everybody. Cause I don't think everybody wanted to, uh, follow a career into that field. What was your maybe favorite opportunity to come from doing these sh or doing the show rather? Gosh, I don't know. I, uh, my first gig was co-hosting um, MTV Sports and Music Festival, which was the prelude to the X Games. And uh, I got to do the street BMX freestyle competition with Ice-T, which was, for me, like I loved Ice-T. I loved Wu-Tang. And uh, we're going out to Nashville <clears throat> for the filming and my show was still airing currently and uh, I was like a kid in the candy store I'd never been around celebrities you know and and now I'm one of the hosts and I'm in the green room and and uh, they're doing motocross jumping it's the first time they've ever had that on tv it was like this huge deal I'm in the green room and Carmen Electra is on my right hand side and she was like a force back in the day you're too young you probably don't know who that is um She's on one side of me, and then on the other side, I hear, like, yo, 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 it's that crazy white boy from the real world. And I turn around, and it was Method Man and Red Man and DMX. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love you guys. They're like, you want to party? I'm like, yes, I want to party. You know, and got to spend time with, with those guys that weekend. And Meth and I became friends for a little while. And uh, so it was just neat getting to meet some authentic people in that way. You met Kobe Bryant, too? Yeah, we played basketball together um, for for the first uh, real world road rules competition. We uh, Reggie Miller and Kobe. Kobe wow. was a rookie. That's crazy. So that's you met DMX and Kobe Bryant both. Oh gosh, they, yeah. I mean, we we hung out with Sean Puff Daddy a ton in New York. I mean, we were kind of in that whole. When you're when you get into the that scene, you're just kind of invited into um, 
those people. And, yeah. Adam King from the Paris season actually works in uh, pretty tight quarters with uh, Puff Daddy. Oh, good. I think I think Janet does, too. Or, no, that's – I think Jan, Janet's with Jay-Z, Rock Entertainment or something like that. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. What about uh, your whole perspective on, you know, obviously you mentioned what happened with you behind the scenes with the partying on the gauntlet. That kind of ties into the experience, of course. But I want to know uh, kind of your thoughts on the final and how that thing went down, you know, with, uh, you know, Coral obviously had the uh, spider bite that ended up costing you guys in the end. What was your perspective on that? Man, it's been so long. I can barely remember it, except... She didn't get bit by a spider. I mean, there's not. I mean, come on. Like I, from what I remember, uh, she was just out of shape. I mean, dude, it's we're at ten thousand feet in Telluride. That I mean, it was hard. You don't you don't know how hard that is at that oxygen level until you do it. Coral rip cigarette after cigarette. I mean. I don't know. I, I don't know if she got bit by a spider or not. I know that we should have never kept her and we should have kept Theo. And the fact that we people voted to keep Coral was friendship over functionality. It wouldn't have even been a close race if Theo had stayed. Were you and the boys a little bit salty over that? Oh, dude, I was like, I, I think I was way salty because we ended up coming back, catching the team. And get all the way to the end, and these the guy was I was toast. Um, and the guys doing the puzzle couldn't figure it out. And like watching Theo and White Theo come and the Road Rules crew come by and just beat us, it was devastating. <laughs> it was terrible. It's been forever ago, but if she got bit by a spider, then man, I feel terrible for her. Maybe she did. Um, but again, like. It got pretty dark for me after the show, and I don't remember a ton of uh, a ton of stuff. Love Coral; she was sweet. She got to see how crazy my drinking was firsthand, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, how so? She just saw, man, like me, you know, like this different guy that 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 would come out once I started drinking and. Man, I just, it was just um, the farthest thing from who I am today. Uh, you know, and I, I kind of joke and laugh about it, but the reality is, man, like I almost died, you know, multiple times as a result of my drinking, and it was bad. Um, and it, it was so bad that I hid it from everybody for a really long time. But, um, you know, I don't think I hid it as well as I thought I did. You know, I, mean, I was 145 pounds. I, mean, I weigh 205 today. Um, it just kicked my butt until it didn't. And then, yeah, stories of redemption, you know. Did that taint your experience at all from the show? No, like, man. Mm-mm. The shows didn't have anything to do with that. Well, no, your you know, my, experience, I meant. You mean, did the drinking taint my personal experience? Did it did it make it less enjoyable for you? Is what I meant. Yeah, probably probably a little bit, but at the end of the day, too, you know, you don't realize opportunities like that were coming left and right. 
after the show. And, and if I'm honest, I only thing I would change was perspective. If I could go back and appreciate that stuff more, um, I would have loved to have been able to do that. I think that's why you see so many people wanting to come back on these shows now because they realize, gosh, man, how crazy and how fortunate we were back then to have those opportunities. Um, and then you get away from it for a little while and man, they come back in this, in this different state of gratitude and, you know, to be back in that spotlight again and to be given that opportunity again. I think that's what you saw with homecoming and with the OG challenge and, and stuff like that. We were just young kids and um, we had no idea how lucky we were. We just don't, we just didn't. And and that's a big thing. Uh, I feel like why the OG challenge and the homecoming is uh, taking so much steam uh we're picking up so much steam off the ground running here is because it's really bringing people back to what made the show special to begin with. You know, we see people and their stories unfold and we, the viewers become invested in them and form these attachments to them as, you know, characters, whereas like, you know, with the new newer day challenge, they're just kind of bringing random people from holes in the wall because of how many followers they have on Instagram. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just, it's different. Like you said, the storylines, like the way that they used to cast back in the day was was super special because they brought in, man, they had therapists and, and psychiatrists and, you know, they're looking at personalities and temperaments and backgrounds and like all this uh, kind of beautiful uh, orchestrated moves on the back end to, to literally put seven people in a house People always ask, how real was it? And there was nothing manufactured on our season. Zero. They didn't have to. They put they put the right personalities together, give them the right conditions, a little bit of money in your pocket, booze in the fridge, notoriety, and then they just light the fuse. And boom, you know, it explodes. And and we we appealed to a plethora of individuals that can relate with Rebecca or Lindsay or myself. And so that's what you saw this contagious thing. It's just, and, and, and they'll never be able to recreate that. The first show it was the first reality, the real first real reality yeah. show unintended. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me today and uh, chat and it was a uh, fun, you know, I think you, dropped a lot of uh, Easter eggs in there that could potentially uh, pique people's interest and get them a little excited. You know, hopefully in the time will tell in the future, we could be seeing maybe you in some capacity, you know, Mm. could, I don't know. I maybe if, if, if the phone rings, uh, chances are good. In one capacity or another, we could see the ball is definitely in their court, though. That's right. That's right. They got it. They, 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 yeah. You know the number. Hit me up. We're, we're to see who makes it to the finish line first. You were Vegas. <laughs> oh, well, we, we won't. We, uh, I will give you this Easter egg. It, it's not going to be us. No. Unfortunately. That, I, I, I'd say Vegas is a lot more closer to the finish line. At totally. The Totally. We got a couple we got a couple people dragging their feet, so they just got one that's kinda of delaying the thing. So they'll make it. Oh yeah. They're they're, well, they're, they're there's also another one that will be before that, but you'll have to wait and see. 
Uh oh, well, there's another Easter egg. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for you, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right. Well, uh, it was great chatting with you. I'll let you go now, but uh, definitely do keep touch. I'll uh, let you know when this is out. Thanks, Mike, man. Good luck with everything, buddy. Keep doing what you're doing. All right. Take care. See ya.